Hey everyone, welcome back to the Teen Finance Podcast. It is Sam here, um, coming at you with a little midweek episode. I thought I could provide some quick value. Also, this is a way for me to procrastinate my homework. Um, but this will by no means replace the regularly scheduled episode that will come out on Tuesday, assuming Maceo isn't still sick, which would be a bummer. But um, yeah, no, we should be back to normal. We'll, we'll have the normal set and everything. Um, today... I want to talk about something that I think is super important for teens who are not yet going to college, haven't chosen their major yet or anything like that. Something super important to consider and know before you go make these big decisions in your life. It really changed the way that I look at um, my future, how I'm going to work in the future and all that. Um, and I think there's no better time to get this in your head than now. So... What I'm talking about is FIRE. For those of you who don't know, FIRE is an acronym that stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. So basically, this is a movement that's probably started trending around 10 years ago or something, um, but it's really been picking up some speed recently, especially with the expansion of remote work. The basic idea is that throughout your 20s, and the start of your 30s, you're going to live extremely frugally for the sole purpose of saving up as much money as you can so that you can retire and achieve financial independence, which basically means you don't need to work a job anymore. The main principle that makes this whole idea possible is something called the 4% rule. What the 4% rule states is that if you have your money invested in a broad range of index funds that return an average of around 8% per year, you could take out 4% of your total savings to live off of and you will never run out of money. That is the, the entire life throughout recessions, anything like that, you will not outlive your money. And um, yeah, this is the main idea that this whole fire movement is based off of. Basically, what this means is that you need to save 25 times what you think is a livable income for yourself. So for example, let's say for the lifestyle that you want to live, where you want to live, you're going to need $100,000 a year for yourself. So let's bring that over $100,000 times 25 would be $2.5 million. That's a lot of money. But let's say um, you only need $50,000 a year to suffice for your lifestyle. Let's multiply that again by 25 and you're going to get like $1.25 million. So this is not a small amount of money that you have to save, but it is very possible. And I'm going to walk you through some very laid out career paths that you could take to be able to get a job that allows you to save this amount of money. The basic criteria for these career paths is that whatever education or certification you have to go through should not take more than four to six years. Obviously, if it's less than that, that's great. But we basically just want to exclude any options like going to med school. For example, that would take like, I don't know, 12 years to get your PhD. And by at that time, you're already going to be like, you know, in your 30s. So it really um, eliminates the point of trying to retire early. If you're trying to do something called fat fire, which is financial dependence retire early, but fat as in you're retiring early while you're super rich, then that might make a little bit more sense. But for this, we're going to focus on a little more slim down and lean version of the financial independence retire early movement. Another thing we want to consider is cost of education. 
Let's say you're going to a private college that costs $60,000 a year. That's going to put you in a huge amount of debt that's going to be really difficult to dig yourself out of when you're trying to save as much money as you are. For this reason, most people who go into um, pursuing a fat fire career path prefer to do things like community college, trade school, or like any like state school would be great because then you're paying a little bit closer to that $15,000 in tuition. I mean, of course, after you add room and board, it'll be higher, but it's just way better than any of these private school options. I think the one situation where it does make sense to pay a lot in tuition to go to a private school would be if it's something like a top 20 university. If you go to an Ivy League and you have to go into you know $250,000 of debt to attend, it's going to be worth it because the people that you'll meet there, the networking that you'll be able to get done is going to be well worth it. I mean, you're going to land a job that's going to pay you way more than your tuition cost. So, I mean, I mean, have you met a broke Harvard student? I don't think so. The last thing that we want to remember is that getting a high income makes saving a large amount of money so much easier. That's why we're going to focus on a lot of um, jobs that just pay you a lot of money. It really helps out. I want to start out with a fire fan favorite. That is, of course, software engineering slash computer science. Let's go through the pros. First, high salaries. Straight out of college, you can expect to make around $150,000 and upwards. Once you move into mid to late career, which in computer science is only like three to four years, you're making, you know, $300,000. And then once you go even further and you become a senior engineer, you can be making, you know, around a half a million dollars. Another pro that kind of ties into the salary is that you can get really good perks. In some cases, this includes housing stipends, which makes it so that, you know, they'll pay for your housing. So, of course, this would cut out a huge part of your expenses for the time that you're working at the company, which can help a lot when it comes to saving money. The next pro is that you don't need a lot of school. For most of these jobs, you can just get your bachelor's degree in computer science, and that'll suffice. And then you just need to get your first job that'll get you in the door. The last pro that I want to talk about is that remote work with computer science and software-related jobs is really easy. At a lot of the big companies, you can just work from home, which means that you don't necessarily need to live in a big city where housing prices are more expensive. You can live in somewhere that is you know, more rural, and then you don't have to pay as much for that housing, but you still get that big city salary in a lot of cases. If you want to take this to an extreme, you can go become a digital nomad. This is the idea that you work a remote job from a different country or working internationally. But I mean, I'm sure Maceo and I will end up talking about this in a future episode. It's a really interesting idea. For now, I'm just going to leave you with that. Um, but yeah, those are the pros for computer science and software engineering. Let's move into the cons because like any other job, they do exist. The first is that, you know, when you're working in software engineering, you are going to be sitting at a desk and staring at a screen pretty much all day, except when, you know, you're on your lunch break, eating your catered food and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you like a job that, you know, is really hands-on and active, you're not going to get it with computer science. I mean, you're sitting down at a desk or standing at your desk if you have one of those. Another is that the market is getting super saturated. It's getting harder and harder to get a job in computer science every single day because, I mean, so many other people are so drawn by the high salaries and the perks and everything that, I mean, just getting into a school where you can get to a computer science program is becoming increasingly impossible. It is very difficult to do, but if you can do it, then congrats. The last should be pretty obvious, um, but it is that, you know, coding is hard. 
it's not an easy thing to do. Um, it's really math heavy. So if you don't like anything, you know, to do with that, this probably isn't the best choice for you. But um, if you like doing um, stuff that's, you know, difficult, really heavy with the math, then I mean, this could be perfect for you. Let's jump into another example, which is going to be nursing. To start off with the pros, I mean, in nursing, you can still earn a very high salary. We're looking at $100,000. You're not going to be getting raises as fast as CS, but it's still very, very doable for fire. The next is that you get to do something really meaningful and you get to work with people all day. It's more hands-on, which a lot of you will prefer. Next, just like computer science, you don't have to do a lot of schooling. In a lot of cases, you can complete all the necessary schooling for becoming a registered nurse, an RN. Of course, there's a little bit more if you want to be a nurse practitioner. But you can do all the schooling for to become an RN in like around four years. So it's pretty much the same as computer science. Another pro is that nurses are extremely in demand. All across the healthcare system, there are shortages of nurses and doctors. So it really is one of those careers that is going to have demand forever. I mean, nurses are one thing that cannot really be automated by a computer. I'm sure it'll be a very long time before we get to a point where we have AI that is smart enough to, you know, replicate like human emotion and empathy and that kind of stuff. So, you know, your job is not going to get automated away if you're in the medical profession. The last pro I want to talk about is the flexibility that you get in nursing. If you find out while you're working that you really want to become a doctor, you can always go back to med school for a couple years, you know, come out with some debt, but then you can get to making the big money as a doctor. All right, so moving into cons, the first one I want to talk about, I mean, it isn't necessarily like a con con, but just something to remember is that nurses work extremely hard. They work a lot. It's a lot of hours. Um, sometimes the hours, you know, you're working through the night. Some of the shifts can be crazy. But I mean, at the same time, it's super rewarding. So um, if you like this kind of work, if you're really passionate about it, it probably doesn't matter to you too much. Another con I want to talk about is that your job isn't super flexible. There is a hospital that you need to go into to work every single day, which kind of removes that possibility of remote work. Of course, if you still want to do something like becoming a nomad, you could become a travel nurse, for example. But that is slightly a different profession. And I mean, that's a topic for a different pod. Last thing is that your day can get pretty repetitive as a nurse who's doing a lot of, you know, routine things, checking in on patients. But I do think that all the different people that you get to meet and stuff will, you know, make it a lot better. It'll feel less repetitive. Even if you're doing the same things, you're getting to interact with different patients. So it's really not that bad at the end of the day. All right. So last category of jobs that I want to touch on are jobs that are in the trade. So this can include, you know, becoming an electrician, a plumber, anything like that. Let's start off with the most obvious pro. You don't have to go to college. So this means that you'll save a lot of money and you'll be able to start earning money a lot sooner. Another pro I want to talk about is that these trade jobs are extremely in demand. A lot of people are moving away from them for jobs that require to go to college. But I mean, there's a huge demand for electricians, plumbers, all that, which means that you can still earn really high salaries. In a lot of cases, that means as high as, you know, stuff like nurses, you can be easily earning within that $100,000 range. The last pro I want to touch on is that you can start your own business if you want to go into one of these trades. And then you could sell that when you end up retiring, which could add a little boost to the amount of money you're going to have in your savings. You could start one of these businesses in any small town. I mean, in computer science and software engineering, you can obviously work from most places if you can get a job remotely. But if you aren't remote, you're kind of going to be limited to living in one of those big cities like, you know, 
Silicon Valley, um, Washington or Washington State, so like Seattle area, New York, Chicago, LA, one of those. Um, if you're a nurse, you need to live in a city that's big enough to have like a hospital of some sort. But if you're an electrician, I mean, you can go anywhere that has people. Um, everyone needs, you know, an electrician. Everyone needs like a plumber. So you can start a little business in one of those cities or towns or something, and then you can sell it afterwards and get that little boost. All right, let's knock some cons out real quick. Um, I mean, the main one is that obviously it's hard work. You know, it's hard physical work if you're going into one of these jobs. But for a lot of people, I mean, you won't mind that. Maybe you might even like that more than, you know, sitting at a desk all day or something like that. So once again, not a huge deal. Last thing, because you don't get a college, you don't get that college experience, which I know a lot of people crave. It can be really fun. Um, but I guess you can have fun once you're retired, right? I want to wrap up this example career segment with just a few more jobs that you could go do your own research in. First, we got, you know, things in the business category. So that can include marketing, um, accounting, you know, accounting. Like if you go become a CPA, you can make a lot of money still. Um, we got little freelance gigs like photography, videography. Um, if you want to, you could go into law. I don't think it requires as much school as med school. Probably still takes a long time, but you can make a lot of money. Finally, just like any other engineering job is like fantastic. I mean, they're super in demand um, and they're going to be in demand forever. All right, next, I want to give you like the big disclaimer. And that is that, you know, doing this is not super easy. Like you need to save a lot of money to be able to, you know, do this, which means you're going to be needing to live a very frugal lifestyle. You're going to need to cut back. You're going to need to like really watch your spending. It's not as easy. Like I know I, I make it sound like saving $50,000 a year is really easy, but it's going to take like a major lifestyle shift for a lot of you. You're going to need to live like you're broke. You're going to like pretend like you're broke. But a lot of times that's okay while you're in your 20s because a lot of people are broke in their 20s. So if you can just, you know, ride that wave as long as you can, I mean, you're going to be the one rich on time later on. So that's the trade-off. All right, so finally, I just want to address um, a question or concern that a lot of you may have in your mind. And that is, what am I going to do with my time when I retire if I'm 30? Like, what if I don't want to retire? What if I enjoy my work? And to that, my answer is the first part of the FIRE acronym. It's the financial independence part. You don't need to retire. Like, you don't need to stop working. The main idea is that you're financially independent. So then you have the freedom to do whatever you want and whatever you don't want to do, you don't need to do. So let's say you want to like spend more time with your kids and just work on your passions on the side. Now that you have, you know, this income coming in from the 4% that you're taking out of your investments, you have the freedom to do whatever you want with your life, which is really the whole point of this is that you're retaking control of your life at a young age. So instead of going and retiring at 65, you can retire at 35 and have that extra 30 years of your life to do literally whatever you want. And that can include making more money so you can live a better lifestyle. All right, so I hope you all found value in this episode. If you enjoy shorter midweek episodes like this, then please let me know, leave a review, hit us up on Instagram, check out our link tree, which has you know access to our Discord and all that. Um, yeah, I really hope that this opened your guys' eyes to what's possible in working, that you don't need to work until you're 65. You know, you, you can, I know it sounds corny as heck, but you can escape the rat race. I hate saying that because it makes it sound like I'm a little, you know, I'm trying to sell you a course or something. I'm not trying to sell you a course. I'm just trying to, you know, 
broaden your horizons, let you know that you don't need to work forever. You can do what you want with your life um, if you're smart and frugal. So that's it. We'll be back on Tuesday with the regularly scheduled episode with Maceo. Um, That's it. Mark your calendars. See you later. Goodbye.